You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and really excited to try to backpedal a little bit in this episode. What I mean by that is I'd like to clarify and dive a little bit deeper into where we left off in the last episode because as I listened to it after I published it and upon a little bit of reflection, uh, I felt like there was parts of it that could have been a little bit more clear and maybe a little bit of a glaring omission in terms of how I explain things. Uh, Before I get into that, just some background about me, I guess, and the podcast in general in that I am what many people might describe as a recovering perfectionist, which is to say, uh, in my personal affairs and in my business life, I've been someone that's focused probably a little bit too much on being perfect with everything. And one of the things I've spent a lot of time working on in 2020 and also early into 2021 as we published this is just the idea of this concept that I've learned to call imperfect action. Imperfect action is the idea that when you take action or put things out into the world, such as a podcast or a book, uh, it's not always going to be perfect. And it's much better to just get to a point of good enough with things and put it out into the world for the market, more or less, to decide uh, what they think of it or what it thinks of it than it is to hone and hone and rehone and edit things 150 or 200 times before publishing anything. So that's what I'm focusing on uh, with this podcast. And kind of with that in mind, as I listened to the last episode back, there seemed to be a few areas where I could have clarified or been more clear. And there also seemed to be a glaring omission. So I want to dive into that a little bit deeper, but just thought it might be helpful the before I did that, you know, I'm doing this with the idea that it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, Sometimes we're going to backpedal a little bit or revert back and and hit things again. But I still think that's better and I guess more time efficient, if nothing else for me, than trying to get everything perfect before I put it out into the world, especially these podcasts. So before we dive into what I'd like to clarify, it probably would be helpful to spend just a couple minutes recapping what we did hit on in the last episode for anyone that didn't hear it or for anyone that doesn't remember all the details. So Uh, Last episode was devoted to the idea of setting financial goals and what I see as problematic about that in some circumstances. And the discussion was around what I think is a very common financial goal for most dentists, which is to, at some point in the future, become financially independent from practicing dentistry. That is to accumulate enough assets, to accumulate enough cash flow streams that uh, a dentist can continue living the lifestyle they would like to live without the income derived from actively practicing dentistry. Uh, Again, that doesn't mean that they have to stop practicing at that point. It just means that they no longer have to practice dentistry from the money uh, for the money moving forward. And what I laid out as problematic about kind of setting that as a goal and moving towards that goal is that there's so many assumptions that have to go into moving towards that goal that oftentimes the moment you lay down Uh, any assumptions about how much you need to save or what rate of return you can expect on those savings dollars is a couple examples. Uh, Immediately, those projections are off because 
their projections. We can't predict what's going to happen in the future. And so what I offered as sort of an alternative to that was setting or laying out a general orientation around four key areas as sort of a different way to think about becoming financially independent from practicing dentistry. And those four areas are how long would you like to ideally continue to practice? That is, at what age would you hope that you would have the option to stop practicing dentistry if you choose to do so? Uh, Number two, what lifestyle uh, in general terms do you expect to live uh, both now, uh, during your working years, and then later in retirement after you've actively stopped practicing dentistry? What sort of cars would you like to drive? Houses uh, do you want to live in? And kind of vacations do you want to take both now and in the future? Uh, Third point, how much would you like to help your children if you do have children in the future? Would you like to help them with their education and to what degree? Uh, Anything beyond that? Weddings, houses, things like that. And then number four, financially speaking, what would you like to leave behind as a legacy for your children or any other causes, charities or organizations or institutions that are important to you? So with that disclaimer, with that preamble out of the way, uh, let's dive into what I think I glossed over or flat out ignored about the topic from the last episode. And the part that I think I missed or didn't clarify enough, at least, was that as someone gets closer and closer to the desired destination, which is being financially independent of practicing dentistry, the more and more monitoring they're going to have to do, the more and more course correction they're going to have to do to get to that destination uh, under the terms that they would like to, if that makes sense. So kind of as an example, I think last time I talked about aviation or flying somewhere as an example and talked about (laughs) flying out of the good old Des Moines International Airport. And so there's not direct flights to London or Paris or anywhere in Europe out of the Des Moines International Airport. You're going to have to go through and connect somewhere else. But if there were it would not be a big deal if you took off from Des Moines and the plane pointed itself, generally speaking, heading east and the heading to reach London or Paris or Rome uh, was off by a couple degrees because the farther out you are from the desired destination, the more time you have to course correct or hone in or get to the right place. Conversely, if you're a hundred miles outside of London, if we're going to use that as an example, then the pilot of that hypothetical airplane's got to really make sure the heading is is honed in on landing in what is it Heathrow Airport in London. So yeah, the more time you have on your hands, the less precise you have to be. Uh, kind of with these calculations, as you think about all the things that factor into becoming financially independent from practicing dentistry. Uh, just in case anyone doesn't get the the flight or the aviation analogy, I'll use a different one. And again, I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are uh, from Iowa or the Midwest in general. Uh, Again, I'm based out of the Des Moines, Iowa area. But if I was going to drive to Dallas, Texas, which is south, pretty much straight south of Des Moines, um, I would take Interstate 35 out of Des Moines. Now, I may not have to take or may not want to take Interstate 35 the entire way to Dallas, but I don't have to decide that right away. Like, I don't have to know if I want to take I-49 
or I-35 or I-44 through Tulsa and Oklahoma City until I get to Kansas City. So I have a little bit of time. But the closer I get to Kansas City and IE, you know, closer to Dallas, generally speaking, uh, the more I have to decide what route I want to take. So I hope that makes sense. I hope those analogies kind of help people with a little bit of context to how I think about setting financial goals and what I think is the big financial goal for dentists, which is to become eventually independent from practicing dentistry at some point in the future. The mistake I think I made in the last episode is I was talking about these goals with sort of the avatar of a dentist that's within their first five or 10 years into practice or out of dental school. And maybe because of that, I neglected to mention that if you're further along in your career than that, then you really got to get a little bit more precise and a little bit more organized about trying to reach that destination and monitor it a little bit more closely. Uh, for someone just coming out of school, uh, maybe they spend a first couple of years you know, as an associate, then they buy into a practice, they're getting a handle on their student loans, maybe they buy a house and start a family. So there's just all these decisions that a lot of times, you know, retirement planning or the idea of becoming financially independent from dentistry isn't the first thing on the top of the list uh, early in someone's career in dentistry. But as a dentist reaches their late 30s or 40s, maybe the student loans are finally paid off. Maybe the practice is finally paid off. Maybe you're on the other side of your mortgage. And it's at that point that a dentist would want to start getting a little bit more precise about how and when they eventually can become independent from practicing dentistry. So in conclusion, as we start to wrap up, hopefully those thoughts and kind of working through that helps add a little bit of clarity to uh, where we left off in the last episode. Uh, Moving forward, just kind of with the idea that we started off with in this episode, this idea that I've been working on with Imperfect Action, I've sort of settled Uh, into the podcast with the idea of having three types of episodes. One, where I interview uh, another dentist that's actively practicing. Uh, The second type of podcast is someone that I would call an influencer in the dental industry in that they're not a dentist, but their professional uh, career, uh, they work directly with dentists. I think those are helpful episodes as well. And then the third where it's just me, just sort of a monologue format like uh, the last couple episodes. So My objective is to have at least one of those types of episodes every month and then just kind of mix and match as the guests and the volume uh, allow. So uh, thanks for being along on the journey and always interested in your feedback and always interested in guest recommendations, even if it's yourself that you would be interested in being a guest on the Practice Growth Podcast. I would love to at least have a conversation Uh, offline to determine whether it's a good fit for both of us, whether you're a dentist or an influencer. So uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Practice Growth Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Sean Terrell is a registered representative, certified exit planner, and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a direct, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Carroll Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Carroll Financial, and opinions stated are their own. 
Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Compliance tracking number 2021-115257, expiration date January 2023.